time again for Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. I am Dr. Jacques de Bruckert, a psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and addiction specialist. If you are suffering from addiction, misery, trauma, whatever it is, I'm here to help. If you're in search of help to try to get your life back together, join me here at Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. to be real clear about what this podcast is intended for. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes, but not considered help. If you actually need real help and you're in need of help, please seek that out. If you're in dire need of help, you can go to your nearest emergency room or you can check into a rehab center or call a counselor like me and talk about your problems and work through them. But don't rely on a podcast to be that form of help. It's not. It's just a podcast. It's for entertainment and information only. So let's keep it in that light, all right? Have a good time, learn something, and then get the real help that you need from a professional. The diagnosis and treatment of addiction leaves me puzzled, frankly. As a clinician, I treat addiction, obviously. That's why I'm talking to you on this podcast, and it's my specialty area. But the the treatment, the diagnosis and treatment of addiction, quite frankly, leaves me very puzzled. And here's the reason why. There are many times when people will present in my office, they've come probably from a psychiatrist's office to my office for counseling to deal with their addiction because I'm an addiction specialist. So one of my colleagues, a psychiatrist, perhaps I know them because I do know quite a few of them, they will uh, send me a note saying, I've referred somebody to you for treatment. And then I'll send a note back saying, treatment for what? And they'll say, they have addiction problems. And I say, okay. And I ask them, in turn, what are you treating this patient for? And they will say, I'm treating this patient for generalized anxiety, depression. Um, it could be OCD. I mean, any, any number of things. And the one thing that they don't state is that they're treating the, the patient for addiction. And I, I really find that quite interesting um, because... What they're saying is that the patient that they're treating has some emotional dysregulation going on. They have some diagnostic criteria that's been met for these conditions, but they do not include substance use disorder as part of their treatment plan for the the, uh, patient. So then when the patient comes to my office and I have them fill out intake paperwork, I'll ask them, what kind of medications are you on? And they will tell me that they're taking uh, a benzo for anxiety. They've been, on, they've been put on Lexapro or some Wellbutrin or some other antidepressant, and that they are also then uh, going to look at maybe taking in a drug that will um, enhance the effect of the antidepressant if they don't respond favorably to the antidepressant. They also will tell me their history of medications they've been on in the past, and usually they are benzodiazepines. Um, and antidepressants and that they have not had success in treatment for those conditions and then i say well you are also drinking or you're smoking pot or something else and they'll say yes and i say well did the psychiatrist talk to you about that and they will say no they 
talked to me about the fact that, you know, they asked me what I was doing and I mentioned that I had been drinking and they told me I needed to stop. And that's where it ends. And so now I'm left with a psychiatrist who is treating a patient for everything except the thing that they're referring them to me for, which is substance use disorder. And therein lies the issue that I have with um, diagnosing a, a patient um, from a psychiatric standpoint versus a psychological standpoint. And I wanted to read to you from an article. Uh, I found this on Psychology Today back... Gosh, it was back in June um, of this year. I'm going to read it. It's not going to read the whole thing, but just a section of it to give you an understanding of exactly the same thing I go through. So um, this was written uh, June 28, 2023. It's called, A Psychiatric Diagnosis is Not a Disease. Double think makes for bad treatment. And the author Uh, then proceeds to write in my first week as a psychiatry faculty member on a at a university a an advanced psychiatry resident i'll call her dr g staffed a case with me that's medical speak for discussing a patient with a teacher and the teacher is the one writing this article dr g gave me some demographic information and then began listing medications she was prescribing hold on i said What are we treating her for? The answer was anxiety. How do you understand her anxiety? Dr. G cocked her head to the side with a blank, non-comprehending look. I rephrased. What do you think is making your patient anxious? She cocked her head to the other side. What is causing her anxiety? She asked. Dr. G pondered, then brightened. Oh, she has generalized anxiety disorder. To which the teacher replied, Generalized anxiety disorder is not the cause of anxiety, she explained. That is just the label we use to describe it. Another blank look. I tried a different tact. What do you think is going on psychologically? Psychologically, she responded. Yes, psychologically. I don't think it's psychological. I think it's biological. I, I responded with, okay, that's a start. Tell me what you think, why you think that. Well, Dr. G responded, her mother is anxious. This means your patient's anxiety is biological? Yes, Dr. G responded. It was my turn to cock my head. Let's try a thought experiment. I suppose... Uh, let's suppose your patient was adopted at birth and is not biologically related to the mother who raised her. Do you think an anxious mother who is continually communicating that the world is unsafe could make a child anxious? I never thought of it that way, Dr. G said. I suppressed a momentary urge to bang my head against the cinder block wall. Then I signed Dr. G's treatment plan and hoped I had planted at least a seed of curiosity. This is the problem with treatment that I run in with, uh, run into with my colleagues. Very kind of narrow thinking and the distinction, particularly in psychiatry, that medication is the treatment, not and, and that, that medication is treating the condition. And in most cases that I deal with with psychiatry, medication is treating the symptoms of the condition. And I don't know 
if it is a common thing in psychiatry, but it seems from the medication application that is going on to it, uh, the administration of, of medication in psychiatry with the, the uh, patients I see, is that they believe that the presentation of symptoms is the condition. In other words, as the article said, the diagnosis is the condition. And so what they're treating is the condition, but actually what they're doing is they're stabilizing um, symptoms so that then condition uh, tr treatment can begin on the condition. And so what I comes in my door many times is somebody who has substance use disorder and that is seen as a behavioral problem and it must be stopped because it will interfere with medication and it causes uh, affect dysregulation, uh, mood instability. And so that must be stopped so that I, the psychiatrist, can prescribe and administer medications to help you with your presenting condition, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, so on. And so here's an example. When somebody goes into a rehab, what they experience is they get immediately assessed for whatever is going on and a, uh, a medical makeup is, is perf uh, drawn up and the patient will be diagnosed with most likely depression, anxiety on varying levels. And so the psychiatrist at the rehab will immediately begin to apply uh, certain medications to treat those those symptoms or as they would say conditions so this person is now in rehab and they have the medications and they're taking them and they begin to stabilize because they're not using their drug of choice and because they have medications that treat symptoms that they have presented with when they discharge from the rehab center 30 60 90 120 days later they, are let, they, are, they leave with a handful of medications that they are supposed to take that will continue to treat the symptoms. And they are referred to a psychiatrist or they're told to find a psychiatrist who can then take over the case. Because the psychiatrist at the rehab center, once the patient has discharged, is really no longer under their care because they can't come and see them. So they'll get 30 days or 45 days of medication, 60 days. And a schedule, uh, scheduled appointment will be made with a psychiatrist. So they are coming into my office now. They walk in and they, they have dis just discharged from the uh, rehab center. And I'll go over the list of medications they're taking. I will make sure that they take uh, the suggestion of getting a, an appointment with a psychiatrist. And then I'll begin to com have conversations with that psychiatrist and say, okay, well, listen, they're going to be coming in, they're on these medications, and um, they are going to present uh, probably more stable than it would seem uh, as indicated by the diagnoses that they're going to have. And the psychiatrist will kind of mumble something and perhaps take some notes, and then that's the end of it. They come back, the, the, the client that has come into my office now comes back after seeing a psychiatrist, and I say, okay, what did the psychiatrist say? Interestingly, one of two things occurs. They will say the psychiatrist thinks I'm on too many medications and will want me to titrate or, or taper down on this and this and this. Or they will say the psychiatrist added medications to the ones I'm already taking. Rarely do I get somebody who says, oh, they just said what I was taking was fine. 
and um, told me to come back in, in uh, a couple of months or a month. And they wrote for prescription for continuation of my prescriptions. I then follow up with a psychiatrist and I'll say, okay, so you met with my client and I noticed that you either increased the medications or you changed the medications. And they'll say yes. And I'll say, okay, well, I'm treating them for, for some conditions. And um, I just want to verify that what I'm, what me, myself, am treating this, your patient for is, can you verify what they are? And invariably, substance use disorder does not get included by this new psychiatrist post-rehab. So, again, it's like they see a separation uh, and many psychiatrists will see substance use disorder as a behavioral issue that treatment is uh, either rehab or talk therapy or whatever. In other words, I need to talk them out of their, their uh, substance use disorder. And so now begins my fight with a psychiatrist to try to get them to, to stop certain medications. Because what happens when you go to rehab, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. You're depressed. You're not sleeping. You're manic sometimes. I can't, you know, pre-rehab, who knows what's wrong with you? You don't even know. You're so whacked out from whatever chemicals are being shoved into your brain that you're ingesting that you have no idea who or what you are. And so you're acting like a crazy person with all kinds of symptoms. Six months after rehab, you probably don't need a lot of those medications because you don't have those diagnoses anymore. I've had people come to me that were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, they uh, uh, di uh, Dissociative disorder. Um, different things all stacked together. And I'm like, wow, you're taking Risperdal and, and Wellbutrin and Lamictal and they got you on lithium and they got all these things and you're just so medicated you're over medicated however when you came into the rehab that's those are the conditions you had you met the diagnostic criteria for that condition but now six months later you don't have it well it's time to you know talk to your doctor about not taking that medication or getting off of it because you feel better now and so that's where my discussions with my colleagues, the, the psychiatrists that are doling out the medications, begins because I, I want to make sure that in the hour to two hours or three hours a week that I see your patient, doctor, and you see them once a month for 10 or 15 minutes, I've got a lot of valuable observational information I can give you about their presenting conditions. Um, so when you are going to rehab, understand you're just out of your mind crazy and they're going to medicate you to stabilize you so they can start to help you with your recovery and then when you discharge you're not really as crazy anymore and it, that's not a clinical term but you're not really as crazy anymore and that crazy brain that you had with those medications may not need all those medications continuing on through the next you know beyond an, a year or so and so i look at the condition versus the diagnosis what is the condition what are the symptoms what are the symptoms telling that the diagnosis should be a diagnosis is not a disease it is just a label and so treatment when you are an addict 
really depends on your ability to understand that you know what 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 are we treating substance use disorder is usually in my experience a hundred percent of the time is based on is a coping mechanism for trauma and the trauma most likely occurred in childhood although it can occur later but most likely occurred in childhood and so what I'm doing as as a therapist is I'm working on childhood trauma and I don't it doesn't if you're using some substance to cope with that I understand because that did work and it perhaps is still working but it's causing you to self-destruct so what I'm doing is I'm treating trauma and then the psychiatrist is treating the symptoms of other things not to say that there are people that are bipolar or they suffer from mania or depression or they've got some you know psychosis or something yes yes absolutely but the depression the anxiety are 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 two conditions that every addict has just universally they all have it everybody has it that has addiction and once they start learning how to cope once you start learning how to cope in a different way besides taking substances and you're going through neurofeedback or EMDR or talk therapy or uh, somatic body recovery, any anything, uh, and you start feeling less reactive, less anxious, less depressed because you've got now new coping mechanisms and you're being properly treated for that trauma, the medications aren't going to be as necessary anymore, perhaps not necessary at all because you've got different coping mechanisms and you're starting to heal. In addition, you also are probably eating better, you're sleeping better, you've gotten rid of bad relationships, you started to change. So that's why it's important that you understand that a diagnosis is a label that we use and we put it uh, an, uh, an F code, di you know, an F31.0 or whatever the diagnostic code is. It's a label that helps us understand what we're treating. What are we treating? And as that article said, and that author said, what is the source of that condition? And that is a really important thing to keep in mind. And many, many people really struggle with the concept of, I'm depressed, and my question is always, what's causing you to be depressed? I accept your, I accept your label of depression. But what's causing it? Or I feel anxious. Why do you feel anxious? What's causing you anxiety? And let's start working on that. And it's really kind of um, a, a difficult thing when somebody comes to my office for treatment for substance use disorder. And they have been going through this process through the system where they've just been told that depression is the condition, is the diagnosis. And that is it. And I have to get rid of that. And I start talking to them about their past. Because I'm attachment disorder oriented and interpersonal neurobiology oriented. So I want to go through their history. I want to go, I want to understand their childhood. They they think that that's not going to help them. And so they sometimes they get irritated. They don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to move forward. Especially if they're a guy. Uh, a, a man is not going to want to talk about his past. And so... They get kind of a, a little confused or upset or they, you know, they, they don't understand the purpose of it. And I don't want to talk about, I don't open old wounds. But 
really for substance use disorder if I take away your usage and you like you got out of rehab and I took away your usage uh, of, of your drug of choice and you don't you didn't you're not allowed to pick up another drug to compensate for that what is the coping mechanism well it's you know I don't know so you've got depression so the talk therapy and working through your trauma and healing from the trauma is the solution to the problem that you have the problem the condition the source of all this pain the medication helps stabilize you while we do that I don't feel depressed because I take this medication okay but you're not going to be on it forever you're not supposed to be that is meant to stabilize you so we can begin to actually treat the source the condition itself not the symptom so if you are contemplating getting help understand that it is a complex and difficult thing and that's why I would encourage people to ask questions of their therapists when they go see them what is your orientation your theoretical orientation what is your method of treatment what can I expect what do you feel like you're treating if I tell you that I feel depression and I feel anxious or I feel you know I'm, I'm bipolar I've been diagnosed as that what what how what's your treatment uh, modality like what what are you gonna do for me how do you do it and if they tell you um, they're just gonna talk or they're gonna you know whatever they can't tell you definitively well do you know why you have depression and that's a question you get asked and you say no and you say okay well we need to find that out if you don't get a definitive answer like that or you don't get a definitive answer of like well tell me about your childhood tell me about your family Tell me about your family of origin, your parents, your mom, your siblings. And if you, and if you do have some tr really tragic kind of trauma stuff in your past, like you were molested or you were, um, your father died or your parents were addicts themselves, something like that, and you don't get a therapist who kind of keys in on that and says, well, tell me more about that. Like, I need, we need to really understand, I need to understand that. Then you're probably talking to the wrong therapist because you got to get to the source of the problem and if you also have a therapist who doesn't show a keen interest and wants you to sign a release so they can talk to your psychiatrist and hopefully it's a psychiatrist that's prescribing your psychiatric meds not a family practice doctor or an OBGYN or something it must you know really needs to be a psychiatrist you you need your therapist to ask to, to please get, I need a signed release so I can talk to your psychiatrist about your medications and about what we're going to talk about. If your counselor that you're coming in to see doesn't demand that, you're seeing the wrong counselor. You need one that is in regular communication with your psychiatrist and has hopefully some kind of relationship built up with that person because they, you are, uh, the, the therapist is the eyes and ears for the psychiatrist really and so if you're seeing a a therapist and you don't get that and you have substance use disorder you're using chemicals to cope you're seeing the wrong therapist get another one and it, they really need to work on your trauma and somebody who is understands trauma is trauma trained not just trauma informed but trauma trained and knows what to do with the trauma and those the feelings you have about it you need to see a different therapist. 
It's not anything against the therapist who doesn't have that. That's just not their specialty, and that's okay. I actually know very few therapists who are actually what I would consider trained, experienced, and or qualified to teach addiction. It is a highly specialized field, really. And it's one that has um, a specific way of treatment. And so that's the problem and and the, the issue that I have in treating people as a clinician. I find it frustrating when um, the the doctor who is a medical doctor who is the diagnosis is the disease. And also as therapists who say they treat addiction, but they don't have any special training in it. They're not treating addiction. They don't have experience. They're really not going to be able to help you. So look for qualified people. And also understand when you're taking medication, it is really just a temporary drug, usually. Not, not all psychiatric medications are, but many of them, like antidepressants, really are temporary remedies to a problem of uh, whatever's going to be happening uh, moving forward. But if you're trying to get actual treatment for your condition, you, it has to be properly identified. And so uh, diagnosis is one thing, but the treatment is a whole different animal. So don't confuse diagnosis or proper diagnosis with treatment. And don't think that medication is the treatment. It is not. It is a stabilization through uh, use of chemicals that allow you to begin treatment for your condition. Well, boys and girls, that's another episode of Doc Shock, your addiction lifeguard. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and perhaps you've learned something about recovery and your own struggles with addiction and recovery. If you need help, please go get that help. Check into an emergency room, go to a rehab, go to a meeting, get a sponsor, do the work. It's not worth saving your addiction by ending your life, and it's not necessary because there's so much help available. If you'd like help from me, you can reach out to me from my website, wellspringmindbody.com. Send me an email. Let me know your thoughts. But make sure that you live your life sane, stable, and sober. It's so much better on the other side, man. Come on. You don't have to kill yourself. Get clean. Until next time, see ya.